This episode of the OP Radio Podcast, sponsored by HempBombs.com. Use the promo code OPRADIO for 30% off. Get all your CBD products at HempBombs.com, including their CBD melatonin sleep aid. Nice. Real nice. Promo code OPRADIO for 30% off. you guys missed a good sunrise this morning my goodness i gotta start these earlier because the sun coming over the ocean this time of year is just fabulous my goodness absolutely stunning and now we just got the clouds a lot of clouds here at the ocean good morning everybody good morning randy how are you buddy hope you're hanging in there with uh cuomo shutting down bars and restaurants once again in new york city that's a damn death sentence to uh, the small businessman, and I'm not happy about it. I know a lot of people that uh, run small businesses, run bars, run restaurants, and uh, I know the COVID is a, is a tough thing. I understand that, but you can't just shut down these bars and restaurants and small businesses without a plan. You just can't do that. And I'm the guy that wants to wear a mask, and I'm the guy that doesn't want to go to bars and restaurants right now. But you can't do that to the small guy. It's always the small guy that gets fucked in all this. So I'm thinking about you today, Randy, one of the uh, partners of Get Parts on the Upper West Side, 72nd Street. I hope you guys survive, man, but it's uh, complete and utter bullshit as the big box stores are allowed to remain open. Cuomo sucks. I mean, ah, there are politicians that suck way more than Andrew Cuomo. Um, But it's very, very disappointing that he's shutting down again. I understand why you got to shut down, but you got to have a plan. We elect these uh, politicians, we elect these officials, and they don't have any ideas. They have nothing. They literally have nothing. All they have is the same old, same old. That's all they got. That's all they have. So I don't, I don't know why we continue to vote these guys in. They stink, every single one of them. Why would he need a plan? He's getting his payday, his paycheck. Well, I agree with you there, my friend. Uh, the transmissions are coming from the restaurants. I don't know about that. I think uh, the scientists, they warned us. They said uh, the, the small gatherings... Getting together for Thanksgiving, they would uh, they would spike the numbers, and certainly a couple weeks later, that's exactly what we're seeing. Over 3,000 Americans dying a day from the coronavirus. Look, the scientists came through. Once again, the scientists came through. That's why I, I take scientists over politicians every single time. They figured out the vaccine in, in record time. As the politicians sat around and went, I don't know, I don't know what to do, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know, I just want to keep my cushy job here in Washington, so uh, I'll not answer the tough questions, I'll hide when, when they're coming for me, asking me what I'm going to do about this, I don't, I, I, I don't know, I guess I'll just tell everybody to stay home, 
but then I'm going to go to my favorite restaurants, you know, because I'm not going to be compromised. My life's not going to be compromised, but but as far as uh, a plan, I don't know. I don't know what the plan is. And then you got the scientists just under microscopes and in labs all over the world just studying and figuring it out figuring out the, uh, the the coronavirus, and they gave us a vaccine in record time. I mean, I'm still scared shitless of the damn thing. Not going to lie to you there. My goodness. I'm going to let everyone else go first. Hey, are you in line for the vaccine? No, no, no. Go right ahead. <laughs> go right ahead. Excuse me. Are you in? No, I'm not in line. I'm just checking things out. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I think if you have the luxury... And this is pissing off a lot of people because uh, they really want us to line up for the vaccine. I think if you have the luxury to wait a month or two, it's not the dumbest thing in the world. Obviously, if you're a healthcare worker, I don't think you have a, a, a choice. You gotta, you gotta get that shot immediately. Our heroes, but regular Joes like me and you, and that's right. We we determined this a while ago. I'm a regular Joe. Looking for the spotlight one more time, maybe, maybe, it depends. Um, but, us, but us regular Joes, I think, uh, I think if you can, you should wait. <laughs> That's what I think. And trust me, I read a couple paragraphs on this over the weekend, so I know what I'm talking about. Time to celebrate, Sarah says up there in Buffalo. I know why she wants to celebrate. The Bills took out the Steelers. And uh, that was Josh Allen's uh, time to step the fuck up. And guess what? He stepped up last night. And I think if the Bills win uh, their next game, what? They clinch a playoff uh, berth, right? And they got a shot at the division title. And I think if they accomplish that, it will be the first time in, help me out, Sarah, 25 years. So congratulations to the Bills Mafia. I miss you fuckers. We used to party our ass off at those Bills games way before they called it the Bills Mafia. The fucking Giants. You know that the Giants might make the playoffs with a losing record? I don't think that should be. I think if you're under 500 in the NFL especially, if you're under 500, you should not get a playoff berth. The NFL should turn around and find another team that got knocked out of the wild card race that has a winning record and give them the position. If you're like 6 and 10, 7 and 9, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. That's just stupid. And now with your sports, Greg Opie Hughes. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, pew, pew, pew. Oh, in other sports, uh, the Cleveland Indians, they, uh, they folded to the, uh, the PC culture, and they're not going to be called the Indians anymore. I guess they could just call them the Cleveland team like they do with the Redskins. They'll always be the Redskins, right, for us older folk. Doesn't mean we have hate in our heart. That's what we know. I think every sports team needs to just call their team the city, and that's it. Because I think any name you pick would be problematic if you really, really think about it. You didn't pick a, a team for, for, uh, for, your, uh, for your sports league because they were weak. You always wanted a, a, a strong name. Cleveland Indians, they didn't pick that name a million years ago because they thought Indians were weak. That's why this whole thing is so stupid to me. But they, uh, they folded to the, the PC culture, which I hate. 
You might not want to call me a libtard or a dab or a snowflake. Because I hate the PC culture. I hate it a lot. <laughs> Billy DeTore, they should change their name to the Cleveland Steamers. <laughs> We're just a big cartoon pile of shit on the jerseys. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, I would buy that jersey tomorrow. Brad Carey, they will always be the Indians. Yep. Yep. The weird thing is there's a whole bunch of people, a whole a whole group of people that they spend their every waking moment just looking at problems. I, I, I'm sure no one had a problem with the Cleveland Indians. Some of the other ones, maybe. But I don't buy into any of it. But you got guys and gals, they wake up and like, okay, what what bothers me? What bothers me? There's a baseball team called the Cleveland Indians. That bothers me. And then they get on their Facebook and they start writing about it. And, and somehow it picks up steam to the point where the Cleveland Indians now have to change their name. <laughs> God. We don't have anything better to do with our time, huh? Yeah, Vinny, Washington football team. How stupid is that? But it's, but it's safe. I think any name is going to be problematic if, if this is the road we're going down. It bothers you when uh, guys kneel for the national anthem. Does it really bother you? Does it really? I don't give two shits. I don't give two shits if someone kneels before a, a, a sporting event. I don't give a fucking crap. I just want to see a good game and be distracted for a while. Who cares? Believe it or not, in America, you, you should be allowed to do that. I guess, I guess if it pisses you off, that's fine too, obviously. But in America, you should be able to do that. And I support the military, like, big time. Big fucking time. Well, that's very confusing. How could you support both of those things, Ope? That's not America. You got to only support one of those things. Yeah, Eton Burke, thank you. Give yourself a gold star. And it's true, but people don't want to hear that. The military legit, hold on, this is a great point, fights to protect our rights to do things like Neil. That is the truth. 100% true right there. Whether you like that statement or hate that statement, that is a true statement. Very good job. That is America. That's democracy. I mean, the freedom of speech thing... That gives you the freedom to really say and do a lot of stupid things. Freedom of speech isn't just uh, things you agree with. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Well, Chad Moeller, there you go, former military. I don't like the kneeling, but also not going to get all bent out of shape if someone does. There you go. I respect that. Yep, you don't get to enjoy some freedoms and protest others, Becky says. Bravo. Uh, bravo. Wow, we just got 500 stars. Benjamin Tucker. Hey, speaking of people who look for problems, I got yelled at for leaving my car running when I ran into the dry cleaners. I was there for 15 seconds. Lady called me an a-hole for leaving my car on. Hold on. Uh, she thought you were causing pollution? Are you, are you serious? <laughs> people have lost their minds. Speaking of which, my wife uh, the other day, 
we're getting ready for Christmas like everybody else, you know. And uh, my wife's like, I think we're losing our minds, like as a family, because we've been uh, doing the same thing day in and day out. And she was just bringing it up, you know, more lightheartedly than anything. And I go, yeah, I think you're right, because I went to Walmart to get lights for the Christmas tree. And I started walking around uh, imitating a terrible Scottish accent, telling everyone I could see that I got my Christmas lights for my tree in Walmart. I needed Christmas lights, and I saw some of that work there, and I don't know why, but I walked up to the lady, and instead of saying, hey, you got Christmas lights for, uh, you know, uh, Christmas trees, I went, I'm looking for Christmas lights for my tree. It just came out. And then it made me laugh. The lady's looking at me. And I think it's easier to do some of these things when you have a mask on because they can't see your face totally. So then I started walking around Walmart just going, I got my Christmas lights for my tree. And I actually tapped on a lady that had a sweater up in the air as she's trying to figure out if it was the right size. And I don't know what made me do this, but I I tapped her on the shoulder and then showed her the Christmas lights and said, I got my Christmas lights. And she just nods at me like, oh, okay. And then I'm just babbling as I'm paying for the Christmas lights by continuing up this fake, horrible Scottish accent. So I go to my wife. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think uh, I think we are losing our minds because this is what I just did at, at Walmart. <laughs> oh, Carl would have been embarrassed. Absolutely. I got my Christmas lights. <laughs> That's your inner bipolar. I'm not... No, I, you know, stop with that nonsense. Some asshole that has multiple personalities and turned it into his fucking comedy try to push the fact that I was uh, mentally ill. You, you know how insane that is? You know how insane that horse shit is? When the guy that has multiple personalities is actually doing all those fucking voices when there's no mics on, that's real mental illness, you idiots. Not you guys, sorry. Just fucking uh, lashing out at the at the bullshit. I grew up with a crazy mom, horrible OCD, maybe some other things going on in our head. You don't think us kids were really paranoid and worried that we might have a little touch, a little touch of something? You don't think when I got a lot of money that I made sure that I was all right? You don't think I got checked out, started going to therapists and making sure? Especially because I I became a father and I wanted to make sure that A, I was okay, and B, that my kids were okay. You don't think I was a little paranoid about that? So go fuck yourself. The kid is sane. Oh, yeah. Oh, sometimes it doesn't seem like it, but oh, am I sane. I got it all checked out all nice. But I'm not going to lie to you. I think maybe, maybe a little touch... Maybe a little touch, but who doesn't have a little touch? We all have a touch of something. Of something, my friends. So, um, my my son, he's, uh, he's 10. He's on the cusp of not believing in the Santa Claus. I knew this day would come. He's uh, sniffing around this year, asking uh, some questions. Too many questions about the Santa Claus. And then I, uh, I quickly said, you know what? Why don't we test this Santa Claus uh, uh, theory? I said, why don't, you, why don't you ask for an elephant or a giraffe? And then we'll see if uh, Santa Claus is real. 
and that threw him off a little bit. And then, you know, our house is up high. We got a few levels. I go, man, if we get a giraffe, this goes back to maybe having a touch. And this also goes back to maybe walking around Walmart going, I got my Christmas lots. Um, I said, let's get a giraffe. And because we live up high, we could pat him on the head anytime we want. And he'll, uh, you know, he'll live below. And then my son, he's a bit analytical, let's just say. He goes, uh, Dad, but that would be cruel. I'm like, well, I was just kidding there, son. Maybe not all these jokes are going to land, but that's okay. So anyway, um, yesterday it's just me and my son, and we get a knock at the door, and we rarely get a knock at the door because we live really far out off a dirt road, and um, and you got to go on high alert when someone's knocking at the door. And my security guy wasn't uh, at the house, uh, so I didn't have complete coverage. So, you know, you grab a little uh, little something-something to see what's going on. And, uh, and it's two giant guys with a giant box. So my wife obviously ordered something, um, something uh, special for Christmas, and it's arrived already. I'm like, oh, my God, is that for us? And my son's looking, and I'm like... Now I got to come up with something. I'm like, oh, I don't think, uh, I don't think we ordered anything that big. I don't think we ordered any appliances. Uh, And I'm trying to like give these idiots a hint, but they just want to deliver the goddamn package because they got a whole truckload of stuff. I'm like, uh, all right, well, wink, wink. I'll, I'll take this package and I'll ask my wife about it. And uh, I don't know, uh, uh, it might be for another house. And then I look at the guys, I'm like, and I, I mumble under my breath. I'm like, hey, you idiots, that's a Christmas present. Just fucking play along. So uh, they dropped it off, but my, my son's asking all sorts of fucking questions. So now me and my wife are trying to figure out how to spin out of the fact that we got a giant box that we couldn't even bring in the house. A really heavy, giant box that's just outside they're staring at it. They're like, Dad, what's in the box? And I'm like, I don't know. We didn't order a dishwasher. I believe it's a dune buggy for the beach, by the way. One of those kid uh, dune buggies that don't go too fast. Because I, I warned my wife. I go, look, we can't get anything uh, that's too fast because of my mini bike accident. She goes, I know about your mini bike accident. Because I was about to tell the story for the hundredth time. <laughs> But I got 50 stitches. I know you got 50 stitches. So now we got this giant box that everyone's just staring at. And now I'm trying to figure out, like, uh, where I could, like, move it in the middle of the night. And then uh, we'll just tell the kids, uh, uh, we returned it. Yeah, it was for somebody else. And then, what, Christmas morning, they, they see this giant gift. Uh, and they're not going to uh, put the whole thing back together. I just want, I think it's for my, um, I think it's for my daughter. She wants, she wants something like that. So she'll tool around the beach a little bit going, I don't know. I, I forgot how fast. I think it gets up to like 15 um, miles an hour. She's eight. So I, I, I'm not really sure if that's the smartest thing, but <laughs> Gary Krasinski, your poor wife, Grandpa Opie. Did I ever tell you about the time? Yes. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. I got my Christmas lights. Oh, over the weekend, I uh, 
I made my wife sit through. Is Billy DeTore still in the room? He's the only one that could appreciate this. <laughs> I, uh, I made her sit through a Pogues documentary. Well, actually, it's a documentary on the lead singer. Uh, what's his name? Shane McGowan, I think, right? So Shane McGowan was the uh, lead singer of the Pogues, and he's a just he's just a raging alcoholic. And the Pogues had some success. Um, what's some of their songs, Billy DeTore? Dirty Old Town, uh, Fairy Tale in New York, I think is another one, right, by the Pogues. And they were very unique. Shane McGowan, he, uh, he mixed uh, traditional Irish music with punk, and that's where his success came from. But he was also just a raging fucking alcoholic. He was the guy with the terrible, terrible teeth. His teeth were rotting in front of your eyes. The women still loved this guy. They thought him to be a sex symbol. Could you imagine, ladies, kissing that mouth? I, I was trying to say mouth weird, and it came out mouth. Uh, kissing that mouth. This documentary was put together really well with some stock footage. Fairy Tale in New York is a great Christmas song. Yeah, Billy DeTore. They said that's one of the greatest Christmas songs ever written. It's a, it's a great song, by the way. Uh, anyway, um, they had a lot of stock footage to tell uh, Shane McGowan's story. And he's in the documentary just listening to old interviews of, of himself because he could barely fuck, fucking function at this point. And uh, this movie was done by Johnny Depp, this documentary. So Johnny Depp's there sitting at a table. Uh, a table? A table? I'm telling you, I'm got, I got to tell you what, what happens here with these live streams. I'm freezing, and it's shutting down my mouth again. Um, anyway, so uh, Johnny Depp's at the table. He's pouring wine as he uh, talks to Shane McGowan about his career, and they're listening to old interviews, and he's kind of commenting when he can, and he's in a wheelchair, and he still drinks. And stupid Johnny Depp. He's from Indiana, and now he goes through life with a British accent, and he acts like a pirate. That's his whole thing. He just wanders around looking like a pirate, acting like a pirate with a British accent. And I'm screaming at the TV going, you're from Indiana. What are you doing, you knucklehead? No, my kids aren't listening to this. They're way at the house. But I, sadly, I think this is the year that my, uh, my son just blurts out that he doesn't believe in Santa Claus anymore. I remember I was that guy in my um, my house, by the way. So I'm one of seven. My sister's six years older than me from uh, my dad's first uh, wife, uh, wife. Yes, I've told all those stories. And then um, then there's six of us in a row, all about a year apart, more or less. So I was the first uh, kid that didn't believe in Santa Claus anymore, and I decided to blurt it out at the, at the breakfast table. My mom grabbed me by the ear... I remember it like it was yesterday and pulled me into the laundry room, which was right off the, the kitchen, and gave me a talking to. <laughs> Basically told me to shut my fucking mouth and not to ruin it for my siblings. <laughs> yes. So I'm a little nervous that uh, my son, he takes after me, certainly, with a bunch of, uh, a bunch of uh, things. And I'm a little nervous he might blurt it out. So I don't know how I don't know how you handle that because 
because I know that he knows that it's getting close, but I can't like uh, have that conversation. So I gotta just, uh, I just gotta wait for it. When I realize it's going down, then I gotta pull him out of the room so he, you know, he saves it for his sister because she's got a good two, maybe three years left as far as uh, believing. You want to make sure they believe as long as possible, right? Hell yeah. I got my Christmas lights. So happy to hear that HempBombs.com used the promo code Opie Radio for 30% off. It's continuing with the Opie Radio podcast. Thank you very much. I really, really appreciate that. I love their CBD products, uh, including their CBD melatonin sleep aid. And also, I like their creams, man. I got the bad back. So they got a cream with the CBD and the heat, and it's real nice, real nice for all the aches and pains. Uh, They're also introducing their subscription and rewards program. You can sign up for a subscription of your favorite product to be automatically ordered and delivered to your door monthly and save 20%. You can also choose every two months or every three months and save 15% and 10% respectively. With their rewards program, you can earn points by buying products, following them on social media, writing reviews, and so much more. You got to check it out for yourself. It's hempbombs.com slash rewards. And you can use these points for coupon redemptions and work your way towards gold status to earn even more rewards. And you earn 50 points just by signing up. One point per $1 spent for bronze status, 1.5 per $1 for silver, and two per $1 for gold status. Do me a favor, check it out for yourself. It's hempbombs.com slash rewards. And don't forget, if you're on hempbombs.com getting all your CBD products, including the CBD melatonin sleep aid, make sure you use the promo code OPRADIO for 30% off. Once again, OPRADIO for 30% off at hempbombs.com. I'm not a Trumpster, you fuck. <laughs> It's just so funny when you're in the public eye. It's it really is exhausting because you could you could explain your position politically uh, over and over again, week after week, year after year, and then some loser that just hates you get, goes on social media and just goes, "You're a libtard. You're a damn." I like to pick and choose my stuff uh, when it comes to politics. But as soon as you say something that the left agrees with, wow, right at you immediately. You're a snowflake. I think it's exhausting. I really do. I, I was watching Biden yesterday, though. He was doing his uh, his press conference because I guess officially he's our president-elect. I kind of uh, thought he was the president-elect um, after uh, November 4th, but call me crazy. I, I guess we don't do it that way anymore. Um, and the Electoral College made it official yesterday, and Biden went on the TV, and I went, wow, what a snooze fest this is, and it makes you miss uh, Trump. I'm like, wait, he's not attacking anybody. He, he doesn't have any nicknames. He's not saying insane things, which is good and bad, obviously, because if you want to be entertained, uh, Biden's not going to be the guy that entertains you, that's for sure. And then he's coughing. And then you're thinking, oh, boy, does he have the COVID? Why is he coughing so much? But uh, he's going to be a boring president. Whether he gets a few things done, ah, we'll have to wait and see on that. But uh, I don't think everyone's going to be tuning into Biden's press conferences. That's for sure. Remember when Trump first started being a lunatic? Every news channel's like, 
Trump's on, and they just knew the ratings were going to be great. Now when Trump speaks, they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Trump's going to be eaten alive by his own party. You watch. You watch. That's how it goes. When you don't have the power anymore, oh, boy, the rats come a-nibbling. The kid knows that. When you don't have the power and you're not really sitting in that seat anymore, oh, they come a-nibbling. And then you leave your seat with a whole bunch of knives in your back. And Trump is not going to escape that, my friends. You'll see for yourself. His party's going to eat him alive now. Yeah, they don't have to fear him anymore. Uh, why? Michael Long says, you need Ant. Why do I need Ant? I don't need him for shit, thank God. I don't know what the fuck happened to that guy. He's literally responsible for a, for a, for a, for a, a Nazi group. What the fuck happened? I was trying to do a fun show, maybe shocking, but definitely funny. And next thing you know, the guy that I uh, decided to have a career with turns around and he's basically a Nazi and he started a Nazi group. Why would I need that? Brian goes, a Nazi group, come on. You don't think the Proud Boys is close to a Nazi group? The Proud Boys was uh, developed on Anthony's network. I don't know if Ant's uh, linked to the Proud Boys, but I do know it started on his network. Nah, Michael Long, I know <laughs> I know you were busting my balls, but I decided to go with it. I know Michael Long from these live streams. I'm not going to lie to you, at first I'm like, the fuck happened to him overnight? And then I, I, I realized you were just trying to fire me up. I know there's people in here that just want to fire me up. Yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah, Anthony's logo when he started his, uh, his network was was basically a swastika. Oh, he would say it's not, but uh, they knew what they were doing. It was a it was a version of a swastika. Everyone's like, "What the fuck is this?" It's not what I signed up for all those years ago. I'll be honest with you. And because uh, people are asking, uh, a lot of people are excited because Anthony has COVID. Um, and everyone's like, uh, reaching out to me. First of all, I honestly don't know if he has COVID. I mean, the people that reached out to me, they seem to be uh, pretty legit, but I mean, people are asking me for my opinion on that. And my opinion is really, really, really simple. It's, it's indifference. I just have indifference to the fact that Anthony has COVID. I don't wish this upon anyone. I don't wish the COVID upon anyone. It's a brutal fucking disease. A lot of people skate through it, and a lot of people are dying from it. So uh, I, I'm just indifferent to the whole thing. I don't know the guy. I don't feel like I ever knew the guy. Um, I haven't hung out with him socially in well over 10 years. I haven't seen him in over six, six and a half years. So I would say, believe it or not, I just have indifference towards uh, the whole thing, which I know sounds weird because so many people still enjoy the Opie and Anthony show every single day, thanks to YouTube mostly. But uh, I, I literally... This version of me has absolutely no connection to the guy, so I just simply have indifference. Um, and uh, I, I do wish him well. Indifference, but I wish him well. I don't even know if that makes sense, but that's, uh, that's my two cents on that whole thing. Uh, Jesus, get some uh, equipment. Ah, I'm thinking about that in 2021. I'm thinking about pumping this up a little bit, but I don't know. I just have fun doing it this way. It's easy, it's light, there's no stress, there's no pressure. 
There's no uh, people sniffing around trying to take my fucking job. I don't have to worry about any of that horse shit anymore. I don't have to worry about leaving a studio and then finding out years later that as soon as I left the studio, everyone was shit-talking me. And then as soon as I walked back in the studio, they would kiss my ass. That's a fucking weird way to live. By the way, that's been confirmed many, many times. So uh, you could call it paranoia if you want, but it's been confirmed many, many times. Including uh, by my pal, who I miss every single fucking day, Carl Ruiz. He would wait in the office um, before he went on with me, the last version of the radio show, and I would be in the, um, the, the hallway kind of just getting my shit together. And, you know, he would, he would stop in the office first, and then he would come see me, whatever. And he would come down and, and walk to my location, and he would just be like, Jesus, those guys are just shit-talking you in the office. And I'm like, I know it. I'm like, and they make good money, man. This is like, we don't have real jobs. He goes, it's insane. I'm like, I, I go, it's it's left over, unfortunately, from the Opie and Anthony years, unfortunately. He's like, yeah, it's crazy. I'm like, thank you for un- noticing and understanding how crazy it is. Speaking of my dead friends, last night I had a dream that I was hanging out with uh, Vic Henley. And uh, we were walking around New York City like we did many, many times. And uh, we were going to restaurants and bars and seemed like people's houses for parties. It was like a very, very um, vague version of my friendship uh, uh, with Vic, if that makes sense. Because we did all those things. We would walk around New York City. We would go uh, to his apartment and have little get-togethers. The best one ever was me. Carl, uh, Sherrod, Vic, and Judd Jones, who's now a good friend of mine. And we just sat there and laughed our asses off. Oh, my God. And then we're going to restaurants. And it was it was just sort of like a very, like I said, cloudy slash vague version of my time with Vic Henley. And this was my dream all night long. It felt like the dream was the entire time I was sleeping. But was, what was so creepy about it was that Vic was with me. But he wasn't because he knew he was dead, if that makes sense. It really freaked me out to the point at at 4.30, I opened my eyes and I went, fuck this. And I got up. I'm like, I can't take this anymore. And it ended with me and him walking towards uh, Times Square. And uh, he started walking into Times Square, basically. And he pointed to me to go home and go the other way. And he walked... Uh, away from me into Times Square and kind of disappeared, and I continued my walk by myself. Oh, my God. I mean, who the hell out there reads dreams because that's a little fucking freaky and creepy because I was so excited to be with him in in, um, in my dream, but I also knew that I didn't have uh, the full version of him. I had just like kind of a... Kind of a... Um, a lesser version of Vic Henley and um, oh my god it was so it was so nice but it was also so fucking creepy and I don't know what I believe some people believe like that when you're sleeping that's when your soul comes alive and is able to communicate uh, to the other side some people really really believe that that your dreams are not just dreams there's there's true communication going on 
with uh, with people and, and concepts and things that uh, are not of this world. I think I got that right. See, I listened to that on Super Soul Sunday with Oprah Winfrey. And I'm like, I, I can't wait to like talk about that on my Facebook Live. I think I got that right. I might have to listen to that episode again to really pinpoint what this spiritual leader was trying to say. <laughs> Broad strokes, Ope, on your home of rock and roll. Sorry for your loss, man. Nah, man, we all go through it. That's the weird thing when you lose somebody. You think you're the only person in the world that this has happened to, and then you're like, oh, that's right. It's part of being alive. One thing about being alive is that you're going to lose a lot of people. I remember my dad at the end of his life. He was like, Jesus. And he was only 74 when he went. He was really depressed because he's like, he goes to me, Greg, my whole life is going to wakes and funerals for my friends. I'm like, oh, my God. That sounds awful. I remember he would just always be putting on a tie. And my dad wasn't a tie uh, type of guy. He's like, I got another wake. Because he was part of the VFW Hall in uh, Kings uh, Kings Park out here on Long Island. And his boys were dropping dead left and right, man. And I saw that it took it, 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 it took its toll on my old man. He hated the fact that he was old enough to uh, see everybody around him dying. That he once, uh, you know, loved and had uh, pretty special friendships with. You know that place? The VFW in Kings Park? Back in the day, I, uh, I spent a lot of time there. When I was living on Long Island uh, in the Huntington area, when I had nothing to do, I knew my uh, old man was there on the weekends especially, and I would take the drive and pop in and surprise him. And uh, good times, man. Really, really good times. Those guys did not give a fuck about anything. Like I've, I've said many times in this live stream, they didn't give a fuck about uh, uh, the PC culture, uh, cancel culture, being triggered. They had no filters. If they wanted to tell you some uh, outrageous jokes about a race, they were going to do it. And you would sit there laughing your ass off. And they all had cancer. They would laugh at their cancers. They would try to up each other. Oh, yeah, well, I got prostate cancer. Well, I got lung cancer, goddamn. Well, I got throat cancer. They're saying I only got three months to live. <laughs> they would laugh and joke and talk about their cancer and get drunk. And I'm like, man, you can find spirituality wherever you go if, you, if you're willing to look for it. Because those guys knew how to live in the moment. They didn't give a shit. They lived their lives. I think if you're lucky enough to get old, I think that, uh, sorry, I just thought of my dad. Um, oh, wow. 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 That hit me. You son of a bitch. Suck it up. Uh, my thought is, I, I think if you live your life and you get on the older side, I really believe that you're not um, scared to die. I think that's what it comes down to. Cause those guys taught me that they didn't give a fuck. And some of those guys were truly in bad shape. Really bad shape. But they laughed all the way to the grave. Those motherfuckers. Tough as nails, man. God, we're the tough people. Everyone is now triggered and bothered by everything now. 
We need some of those older generation guys. That's what we need.